Welcome everyone to First Baptist Church of Shakota's Audio Sermon. My name is Jeff Holt. I'm the student pastor here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in whatever format that you're listening to, whether it is our website, Spotify, RedCircle.com, or even YouTube. I do want to mention in the upcoming weeks we'll be adding a church app and you'll be able to listen to the sermons there as well. If you're listening and you do not have a place to worship, we'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings at 945. That's for our Sunday school time and at 1055 for our worship time. This past Sunday was a great time of worship and Bible studying. As Pastor Steve stood in the pulpit, gave a great message on speaking on the worst king that sat in the throne of Judah and the influence of parents. He'll be reading from 2 Chronicles in chapter 21. If you're new with us, if you're a guest with us, or if maybe you haven't been in the last few weeks, we've been talking about the kings of Judah and looking into their life and their leadership. And if I ask you today who was the meanest woman in the Bible, what name comes to mind? Ooh, boy, she must have been something, right? Everybody, Jezebel. Think about it. Well, today, Jehoram is king, okay? Jehoram takes over after Jehoshaphat, after his dad, Jehoshaphat. Remember, Jehoshaphat made a, he was a good king. Jehoshaphat was. His father Asa was a good king. Uh, they followed the things of God, and they did what God told them to do. They didn't, they weren't perfect, obviously, because none of us are. They had flaws. Jehoshaphat made a really big mistake. He made an alliance with the king of Israel, right, if you remember that. And Joash, remember who his wife was? Jezebel. Yeah. So today, Jehoram, he is married to Jezebel's daughter, Athaliah. So you have Jehoram and you have Athaliah, and guess what? Jehoram, who, listen now, he, he was raised in a good home. He, his dad was a godly king. Jehoram had a lot, I mean, he was, he was set up well. His trust fund was really nice. I mean, his trust fund came with a kingdom. Uh, his other brothers, they were set up well too. Now, Jehoram was the oldest, but his other brothers, they, they, were, they were set up pretty well. They had a good trust fund as well. They each got their own town, their own city, okay? They got their own little kingdom within the big kingdom. So, listen, they, they were all set up well. They didn't, they didn't worry about paying an electric bill. They didn't worry about if their chariot had a flat. You know, could they replace the tire? Yeah, of course they could. They'd just go out and buy a new chariot. I mean, they, they were set up well. They started out, the boys started out their life well. That's what we as parents want to do, isn't it? We want our children to have a better life than we had. Amen? I mean, that's how we are as parents. We want, to, we want to set our children up well. We want to make sure that they get a good education if they so desire or a good trade if they desire, whatever that case may be. But I don't know any parents who go, I just want my kids to fail. I don't know. I haven't met that parent yet because I don't think they're out there because most parents don't want their children to fail. They want them to succeed. You want them to marry good women, good men. You want, I mean, you want that for your kids. If, you, if you're like... Uh, Debbie and I, uh, we've been praying for uh, uh, the, the people that our, our, our daughters uh, would meet. I mean, we've been praying for Jake for a long time. We prayed for Kyle for a long time. We prayed for Colt for a long time. I mean, when our kids were little, we would pray for the man that God would bring into their life. We did that. 
Uh, I mean, since I think they were born, and, and, and sad to say, I'm, I'm the minister, I'm the paid professional. I think my wife did a much better job of praying for that. I prayed that the guy would never show up. That was my prayer, but <laughs> God didn't answer my prayer, he answered Debbie's. And <laughs> I'm just joking, guys. But, but I mean, you know, that, we do that as parents. Well, Jehoshaphat made a mistake. He aligned with, he was king of Judah. He aligns himself with the king of Israel, Ahab. He aligns himself with him by what? Giving his son Jehoram in marriage to Athaliah. They said, well, let's make an alliance here. Well, Jehoshaphat does that. He gives his oldest son, and Jehoram, I mean, uh, uh, Jezebel and, 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 and her husband give their daughter. They make an alliance together. Then Israel and Judah go into war together. They are defeated. And then who shows up? Elijah. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Why, why are you aligning yourself with a wicked king? You know, you're a good king. Well, Jehoshaphat dies. Jehoram now takes over. He now has the kingdom of Judah. His other brothers are in other areas, other towns. They have their own stuff. And Jehoram ends up really being a really bad king. Why? He started out well. He, he didn't worry about finances. He didn't worry about, I mean, he had his own kingdom. He had his own town. He, he had all the wealth he needed, but he had a bad influence in his life. Why? Because his father, now listen men, his father allowed bad influences in their home. Hmm. And that made me think all this week and last week, what bad influences did I allow into my home that would affect my daughters, my son? What bad influences did they see in their dad? Because as fathers, I mean, none of us in here are perfect. We all make mistakes, and moms, you fall right into this category with us. We all allow bad influences into our home. It may be coming in form of a TV, it may be coming in form of music, it may be coming in form of our attitudes, it may be coming in form of how the husband and the spouse treat each other in front of their children. I mean, bad influence come in all different sizes, different ways, different doors, different windows. They all come into our home. Bad influences. And we sometimes just allow them to come in. And we think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Because as parents, we don't want our kids to be the odd kid in class, right? Do you want your kid to be the one in the lunchroom that no one sits by? No. Do you want your kid to be the one in the lunchroom that, that, that has to go to this table and no one joins them? No, you want your child to be in the group, popular, liked by everybody. I mean, we all want that, and there's nothing wrong with wanting that. But sometimes we want worldly things more than we want our children to be influenced by godly things. And that is true. Sometimes we would rather set our children up with trust funds and make sure that they get a good start in life financially and all of that. And that's good. That's right. We as parents should do that. We as grandparents should be concerned about that. But sometimes we don't really put the effort into the spiritual aspect of our children. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. He aligned himself. He allowed a bad influence to come into his home. He aligned himself with a bad king. And he knew he was a bad king. 
we all know that Jezebel, when I asked you who's the meanest woman in the Bible, we all said Jezebel. And don't think her reputation at the time didn't precede her like it does today. He knew they were bad. But he said, let's make an alliance together. And now here's Jehoram. He has a mean wife, apparently, because it's Jezebel's daughter. And we can't just blame Athaliah. But let's read it together. We're going to read the whole chapter, and I'm going to try and do it in, 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 a, in, a, in a speedy amount of time. We're in 2 Chronicles chapter 21. 2 Chronicles chapter 21. When I come to the names of the brothers, I'll do my best. 2 Chronicles chapter 21, look at verse 1. Then Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers. That means he died. He was buried with his fathers in the city of David. That's where they buried the kings, in the city of David. If you went to, those who went to Israel, when we went, if you remember, the city of David was just on the south end of the temple walls, down the steps, and that little bitty town built on the side of the hill was the king of David. That's where the kings are buried. So he slept with his fathers in the city of David. Jehoram, his son, became king place. Brothers, the son of Jehoshaphat, Azariah, Jehu, Zechariah, Azariah, Michael, and Stephantha, they all were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Their father gave them many gifts of silver, gold, precious things with fortified cities in Judah. But he gave the kingdom to Jehoram because he was firstborn. Now when Jehoram had taken over the kingdom of his father and made himself secure, now listen, this is what one brother does to his other brothers. He killed all his brothers with the sword and some of the rulers of Israel also. Now this was a mean dude. This was not a very nice brother. This is not the brother you want to wake up with on Christmas Day. This is not the brother you want to sit across the table with at Thanksgiving. He was not nice. He had bad influences in his life. And he thought, listen, he was so insecure, he kills all his brothers he did this really because of slave. I mean, he was enslaved by fear. He was in fear of someone taking the kingdom from him. So he says, this is what I'll do. I'll just kill any, any opponents that I have. Anyone who would, 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 would try and take over my kingdom, I'm just going to kill them. And that would be his family. And he had them killed. Jehoram was 32 years old, verse 5. He was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He reigned two terms. He walked in the ways of the king of Israel, just as the house of Ahab did. For Ahab's daughter was his wife. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yet the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David because of the covenant which he had made with David, and since he had promised to give a lamp to him and his sons forever. So what the Bible is telling us is God made a covenant with David and said, David, your kingdom, you, your kingdom will survive. Your kingdom will, will, will thrive. And, and, and here's a critical thing, guys, because listen... When, 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 when you read here in Scripture and you see Jehoram and he kills all his brothers, later on we're going to read in just a minute that other kingdoms come in and they have war together and Jehoram's sons are killed except one. Now why is that critical? Because this is the line that Jesus Christ comes through. When you look in Matthew chapter 1, you see Jehoram's name in the lineage of Jesus Christ. You see his name listed there. Because what? Listen, God said, David, I'm going to make a covenant with you, but Jehoram, you're a wicked king. 
storm, you're not making good decisions. Sometimes we as parents don't make good decisions. Amen? Oh, amen for all of us because sometimes we just don't do that. Sometimes we as grandparents don't make really good decisions. Listen, when, when, when Hillary and Colt's not here, so I'll just hashtag real talk. When, when Xylan comes over, uh, Miss Deb, she's not sleeping very good, so she'll, I, I try and let her sleep in as long as she can. Listen, we have breakfast of Pop-Tarts and donuts. I mean, that's a lot of sugar, right? I mean, Xylan and I will sit there, and, and if I had chocolate cake, we'd cut it and we'd eat it, right? By 11 o'clock, that kid is, I mean, he's like a toy that's just a top that spins. I mean, he needs so much sugar in him. That's not a really good decision, right? It's really bad when it's like 11 o'clock at night, and he's like, Pops, can I have a snack? I'm like, yeah, let's go find some gummy bears. I mean, you know, and then I'm going to try and put you in bed. That's not a good decision. Sometimes we don't make them. Sometimes we just make bad decisions. But listen, here's Jehoram. He made a lot of bad decisions, but God said to David, I'm going to make a covenant with you, and God is always faithful. Now listen, God is always faithful in your life. And God said, my line will continue. And we got down to one boy, one son of King Jehoram. If that son was dead, then there wouldn't be the line of Jesus Christ. They got down to one boy. So these kingdoms come in, and they're going, to just, they're, they're going to fight. Look at verse 7 But again. But the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David because of the covenant which he had made with David, and since he had promised to give a lamp to his sons forever. So you see a rise of the kingdom. You see this rise. Look at verse 7, what we just did. You see this rise of a kingdom. You see that, that now Jehoram has taken over after Asa being a good king, Jehoshaphat being a good king, but allowing bad influences in his home. He gives the kingdom to his son Jehoram. He takes over. Now in verse 8, you see this revolt that begins to happen. Look at verse 8. In his days, Edom revolted against the rule of Judah and set up kings over themselves. Edom said, listen, we're not going to follow you. You're leading us in a bad direction. You're taking us down a path we don't want to go. We're going to just set up our own kingdom. And so they did that. Then Jehoram, in verse 9, crossed over with his commanders and all his chariots with him. He arose by night. He struck down the Edomites who were surrounding him and the commanders of the chariots. So Edom revolted against Judah to this day. Then Libnab revolted at the same time against the rule because he had forsaken the gods of his father. Now, who's Libnab? Libnab is where the Levites, the tribe of Levite, lived, dwelled. Who came out of the tribe of Levites? The priest. The priest said, listen, we're with Judah. When, when you had this civil war going on and Israel went this way, they're wicked. Judah went this way. You had good, you had bad, but now we're in a wicked time. Listen, now Libnab is saying, listen, we cannot align ourselves with this so they rebelled as well this is where the levites the priests were they re re they rebelled as well the city of the levites then libnah revolted at the same time against the rule now look at verse 11 moreover he made high places in the mountain of judah and caused the inhabitants of jerusalem to play the harlot and led jerusalem astray what did he do he brought in false gods Judah, now, is it, now, now what you see is Jehoram bringing in these false gods. Why? Because he has an influence in his home. Moms and dads, if your children aren't married, you need to be praying for the spouse that they're going to meet and marry. You better be praying for the person God brings into their life that it's a godly influence. It's a good influence. Because here is Jehoram who had a great start to life. He saw his father who, who was trying to do his best to do what God told him to do. He saw his grandfather Asa 
trying to do his best that God told him to do. Yes, they made mistakes, but overall, God says they were good kings because they followed after God. He saw that. He lived in that environment for, for all his growing up time. Now he's married. He moves out of the house. He has a bad influence in Athaliah, Jezebel's daughter. He has this bad influence. And now what is he doing? He's bringing in all the bell worship and putting it in Judah. Why is that critical? Because listen, if you don't realize your spouse is a huge influence in your life. The person you marry is a big influence in your life. That's why Second Chronicles says, listen, do not be unequally yoked. Not talking about race. It's not talking about anything like that. It's talking about Christians and non-Christians. We should be concerned about the men and the women that our daughters and sons are marrying. And we better make sure that they love the Lord and have a job. Amen. That's a requirement if you marry my daughter. Love the Lord. Have a job. Okay, we're good. And they've all passed. <laughs> we need to be praying as parents, as grandparents. We've already started praying for the person that comes into Zylan's life. We've already started praying for her. We don't know who she is. But we can pray for her and so can you. He had this bad influence in his life and he brings in bell worship because if you remember when... when <laughs> When, when you look in Scripture, and, and well, let's just read on. I'll, I'll, I'll get sidetracked. Look at verse 12. Then a letter came to him from who? Elijah the prophet. Remember what Elijah did on Mount Carmel? He stood there against all the prophets of Baal, and God rained down fire, and the prophets of Baal were killed. Who was behind all of that? Jezebel. Now Jezebel's daughter is influencing Jehoram, and now it's not just false prophets in Israel, he's allowed it to come into Judah. Verse 12, Then a letter came from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of your fathers, David, because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat your father, and the ways of Asa king of Judah, but have walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and have caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to play the harlot, as the house of Ahab played the harlot. And you have also killed the, your brothers and your own family who were better than you. What he's saying is they would have been better kings than you are. Behold, the Lord is going to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and all your possessions with a great calamity. He said, Jehoram. Now, this is Elijah. And the interesting thing about this is, is this, and we won't get in too deep. How could Elijah write this letter to Jehoram? Because when you look in 2 Kings, he's already gone up to heaven in a chariot. When Jehoshaphat was king, the father of Jehoram, that's when Elijah left this earth in a chariot, wind, and went up. How is he writing this letter? Well, we know that he was a prophet. It doesn't say that Elijah delivered the letter. It said he wrote the letter. The best we can understand is Elijah wrote the letter long before Jehoram became king. God just said, I need you to write a letter for me. And we believe that Elisha delivered this letter to him. Now, Scripture doesn't really tell us that, but there is a, there is a conundrum you have here. When, when Elijah has already gone to heaven, how could he deliver a letter? It doesn't say he delivered it. It said he wrote it. So Elijah sends him a letter, and he says, listen, this is what's going to happen. Your family's going to be cursed. Your people are going to be cursed because you are a wicked king. Moms and dads, if you're not doing your best to lead your children in the ways of God, 
And if, if you have a student that's in junior high or high school, they really need to be sitting under the teaching of this young man right here. It's good. It's good teaching on Wednesday night. Yes, they have fun. Yes, it's a good environment. But he teaches the Word of God. Yesterday, he took three kids up to OBU who feel called into the ministry. That's exciting because this church has sent people into the ministry. That, that's kind of the, the legacy. One of the legacies of this church is sending people into the ministry. And it continues on. And it's continuing on under his leadership. And they went up and they sat under the teaching of a young man named Zach Randalls, who is the son of, you know, my dear friend John Randalls, who passed away a few years ago. We're continuing that legacy. We as a church family, and Jeff's helping to do that. If you have a junior high or a senior high kid, they need to be here on Wednesday night. And mom and dad, you ought to be here with them. Because be careful if you don't, God may not bless your family. Look at verse 14. Behold, the Lord is going to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and all your possessions with a great calamity. And not just that, it gets even better for him. And you will suffer severe sickness and disease of your bowels until your bowels come out because of sickness day by day. That just doesn't sound good. All this was because, now listen, he had a great start to life. He, he saw what a godly home looked like. He had all the money he needed, all the, he had everything he needed to be successful in life, yet he failed miserably. Verse 16 says, Then the Lord stirred up Jehor, against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabs who bordered with Ethiopians. And they came against Judah and invaded it and carried away all the possessions found in the king's house together with his sons, his wives, so that no son was left to him except Jehozan, the youngest of his sons. So God stirs up the Philistines, the Arabs, and says, you go attack. You go attack because my people have turned wicked against me. And so we find that Jehoram, all his sons, when you look in, in chapter 22, verse 1, it says the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Azariah, uh, uh, the, the youngest son king in his place for the band of men came with the Arabs to the camp and slain all his older sons his, all his sons were killed because he decided to not follow after the ways of God so now he kills all his brothers and he kills a lot of princes in the land so no one would take over his kingdom kingdoms stir up against him come and fight against him now he gets a letter, perhaps delivered by Elisha from Elijah, saying, dude, you are so far off track. God's going to cause a great calamity to come against your kingdom and your house. And now all his sons are dead. Verse 18 says, so after all this, the Lord smote him in the bowels with an incurable sickness. Now, it came about in the course of time at the end of two years that his bowels came out. Now, I know you're about to have lunch, so this is good table talk. Now, it came about in the course of time at the end of two years that his bowels came out because of his sickness, and he died in great pain. 
and his people. Now, this is sad, guys. This is sad of a life that was thrown away. His people made no fire for him like the fire for their fathers. In other words, they didn't celebrate his life. Verse 20 says, He was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years, two terms, and he devoted, he departed with no one's regret. Nobody cared that Jehoram died. And they buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the king. They said, You're not worthy. You can be buried in the city, but you don't go to Arlington because you're not worthy. You are the worst king we ever had, and nobody cared. How sad. Why? Because he did not follow in the ways of God. Thank you again for listening to today's message. Join us again next week as we continue in our series of the Kings of Judah. For more information and previous sermons, please check out our website at shakotafbc.com.